style helps you get up the stairs and down. Truman Capote once said style helps you get up the stairs and down. Hello and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. Um, you are stuck with me. It's Nicole Briggs. I am your host still, um, hostess with the Moses, and I'm sitting with Jordan Lodadio today, who I just found out is from Chicago, my hometown. Woo, Chicago! <laughs> also went to Loyola, the same college, although at different times. We're not going to reveal how ancient I am. And um, I met her through um, our other lovely co-host, Dominique, who has moved on to Paris, sadly. I'm still trying to figure out how to record from Paris. But um, welcome to the show. Thank you. And what we're going to be talking about is how agencies um, kind of affect fashion business and how that's changed. So... um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Well, first, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, how did you even get in this line of work? Did you go to school for PR? Did you go for communications? Tell us about yourself a little bit. Sure. So I did my undergrad, as Nicole mentioned, at Loyola University, Chicago. Go Ramblers. And I studied advertising and public relations there. I minored in marketing and Spanish as well. So in the communications department at Loyola, there was a whole bunch of stuff that you could do. I got a lot of really great hands-on experience there in regards to PR. And then I moved out here to LA right after graduation. I went to FIDM in downtown LA, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And there I majored in visual communications because I thought I wanted to go more into um, like costume, wardrobe, that side, production side of things. Okay. Once I graduated from FIDM, I only was there for a year, um, I actually got connected with who would go on to be my boss and the owner of the agency that I work for, um, Adam Droes. I started with him as an intern um, just through a mutual friend that I worked with in a restaurant. She was like, hey, I... Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, and so didn't he... He went there too, right? He's an alum of Fitum. He did not actually. Oh, okay. This girl, this girl that I worked with at the Maybe restaurant. FIT, but yeah. She, yes, he went to FIT. Okay, okay, yep, he went to FIT. Yep, that's right. He went there for just a year, actually. Okay. Yeah, oh, he, wow. Yeah, I mean, he has a whole other crazy, awesome uh, story. I know if I could get in with him, but yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a busy dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, so I got linked up with him and I started interning. Um, and the company just blew up from there and I luckily have had a front row seat to that growth and I've been able to start in his studio apartment working at his kitchen counter to now a team of 25 people it's wow so yeah that's... so how long were you there um, and basically the agency guys is a uh, walk or draw us mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, the agency is so unique because they you do like it's hard to know what an agency does anymore it used to be yeah. like this is advertising and this is marketing and it's a little bit more layered now mm-hmm. um where what i was reading online it's like 360 like they cover you know public relations they cover advertising marketing brand launches yeah. events things like that yeah. so um so you were there uh, a little bit at the beginning mm-hmm. and how long were you there so I've been there for a total of six years six years Mm -hmm. wow so you really like saw it from the beginning and saw it grow and and uh, that's such a a unique experience yeah absolutely yeah and it's been such a wonderful learning experience as well and being a part of a small agency like that 
small and now obviously a lot bigger is that you get to do there's not as many linear like ladders to climb I guess so you kind of get to put your hand in a bunch of different things and even though you have might have one title you get to just try all these other different things which is really awesome that's amazing um i've been to i guess one of like the gifting suites um that a lot of stylists uh go to and the brands are are great you know um and i know in six years a lot has changed even with social media instagram and Mm -hmm. influencers and their power and um what would you say has changed from how you would say launch a fashion brand six years ago versus how you would do it today yeah uh previously you know since kind of the dawn of public relations which really hasn't been that long it's a relatively new industry in the grand scheme of things but launching a brand even when i started working at the agency i mean we focused a lot on celebrity public relations so it was more getting your clothes on celebrities getting your celebrity into the store your brick and mortar store if Mm -hmm. you had one um And allowing the celebrity to be the vehicle in which you get press. Um, You know, having those photos run in, you know, on the paparazzi sites, getting them, you know, getting your brand credited, like, oh, so-and-so was shopping at this store. You know, that counts as a credit. That counts as free press, basically. Yeah. Um, So that was a big part of what our specific agency did. But... I think traditional public relations, you know, media, talking to editors, getting your brands covered in actual publications used to be the most important thing. You wanted to get your brand launched on some, you know, either digital or print publication, whereas now there are so many different facets and so many different places where you can choose to launch your brand. You know, you've seen... I just saw the other day Gigi Hadid uh, posted a picture of herself in a sweatshirt of a brand that I I have never heard before. Someone very involved in the industry. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that just using that one celebrity placement, that one celebrity endorsement can launch your brand. I mean, the viewership of her Instagram is... In the millions. Yeah, multi-millions. So you're getting those eyeballs on your brand and allowing people to interact in that way. So it's just... You just have many more vehicles in which to get your brand out there. And you should be using all of them, you think? Like, would you would you argue that? Like, like, do you need to tweet? Do you need to post on Instagram? Do you need to try to connect with um, celebrities? You know, um, the magazines are dying. Like, they're mm-hmm. going out of business mm-hmm. uh, more and more and more every year, you know? I mean, I don't want to live in a world where we're just everything is just on the phone mm-hmm. you know sometimes I want to open up a magazine sure. see the editorials things like that mm-hmm. and so that kind of like makes me like a little nervous you know what I mean um you know this brand that was on Gigi didn't have to worry about getting press at Vogue right you could they just kind of bypass all that so is yeah. that just gonna continue um there's kind of I had a few different answers to your question as as you were asking it I think no obviously, wrong answer. <laughs> obviously, for, first and foremost, we're going rogue. <laughs> it, um, whatever you want, no wrong answer. It depends, kind of first and foremost, what what is your brand? So, you know, at Walker Draws, if we're talking to a new brand, and um, 
you know, we're, we're helping them launch, it's like, okay, well, what, what do you want to achieve first? What is your first goal? You know, um, obviously awareness is really big for a new brand, but our frame of mind is kind of, you know, wanting to get that celebrity awareness around it first. However, for a new brand, that's often tricky, you know, because when you go into celebrity land, you also need dollars. Um, you know, there's a lot of big budgets that have to do with these celebrity endorsements. It's their job. Um, so when you say that, like, was Gigi paid for this? Like, how do you know if a celebrity was paid to post it? Like sometimes you see like the sponsors up there, you know, like Natalie off duty, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was new because before it was just like, wow, they use all these different products. And then now we know kind of which ones Mm -hmm. are, were, you know, being sponsored. So it could be that a celebrity could just throw it on in their own regular life. Right. And not be being paid for the post. Correct. Right. So in Gigi's case, for example, yeah, hers said sponsored or ad or partner or something. Got it. So that's kind of the first indicator. Mm -hmm. Um, and the FCC is cracking down on that because of that issue. It's like, as the consumer, we were getting confused about like, Oh, are, are, are they being paid to do this? Do they really just like it? And so the FCC got really involved in that and making, um, celebrities and influencers be more transparent about endorsing a product. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that we do very often is unpaid. And mm-hmm. so and so now we're kind of shifting a little bit and we're talking about just like celebrity placements, not so much like brand launching. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of what we did at Walker Drawers was simply just like stylist relationships, getting our product to the stylist, to the celebrity themselves, and just like having them wear it. Because we know we had great product, we know they wanted to wear it, and we had those really great relationships with those people that were getting it right into their hands, and they're just wearing it on their own. Mm-hmm. No paid endorsement necessary. Got it, got it. Like Baja, how you, like Baja East, like the first... That's how I learned about Baja East in the first place is through your Instagram, through mm. Walker Draws. Yeah. And, and then I started seeing like Justin Bieber and yeah. Rihanna yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. all these people. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it, it's really interesting and it's really um, complex and overwhelming. There's so many brands, there's so many people that want to be a designer or, you know, they do pottery, whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point do you think it's important for a brand just starting out to start begin to spend on this kind of thing? You know, like how much is it to work with an agency like that yeah there there are different agencies that specialize in different things and Mm -hmm. I think if one has a new brand definitely do your research because it's not one size fits all Mm -hmm. a lot of brands that come to came to us um, and that approached me and, and the rest of the agency sometimes we're kind of a little too new you know and a little too unsure about where they wanted to go, what they wanted to do. Um, And there are plenty of agencies in Los Angeles and New York that can help you with that, Um, that can help with the branding. The messaging. Yeah, deciding what your messaging is, you know, plotting out your calendars and in terms of like production, whatever that might be. There Mm -hmm. are agencies that exist that do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the agencies that I've worked for and the ones that I come into contact with most often are kind of those bigger scale agencies that um, take on a lot of those more baked out, um, bigger 
commercial brands or designers or whomever that might be. Um, I want to go back a little bit to influencers. Mm-hmm. How important, so you, you were talking about the connections of the stylist and in LA, you know, a lot of people say that they are a stylist and you know, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone is like working, a working stylist, sure. right? Um, in terms of like influencer versus stylist, you know, is there one that's more valuable than the other mm-hmm. for a brand to kind of get in contact with? I know the influencers are really hot right now, but I was reading in Business of Fashion that it might be like at a fever pitch mm-hmm. and it's a bubble that's about to burst with everyone yep. saying that they're an influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even influ- there's influencer agencies. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. like I've seen Absolutely. agencies and they represent influencers just like talent agents just like talent yeah. you know and um yeah. so that was that was kind of interesting yeah uh so you know i just don't i i still believe in the the costumer the wardrobe mm-hmm. stylist yeah. you know the same way I, I believe in i'm just a purist i believe in the fashion magazine yeah and um is there room for everyone or is an influencer thing you feel like it's hitting a um, the bu- the bubble's gonna burst, mm-hmm. like, and then it's gonna kind of die down. Then the real ones will, you know, stand the test of time, if you will. At in my career, I've always been, I've always asked myself, what what's gonna be the next? What's the next thing? You know, obviously mm-hmm. there was a time when when people didn't necessarily look to celebrities for fashion influence. There was a time when that existed. When celebrities weren't, I mean, yes, they were famous and whatnot, but they weren't fashion icons necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some few here and there, but it wasn't the end all be all. So then we came to that point. The celebrities were on fashion magazines. They were, you know, being paid to wear certain things and, you know, red carpets became a thing and all of that jazz. So we got there. Then that kind of reached a peak, so to speak. Then the focus shifted to influencers. I remember a time when our agency was approached by a really big fashion influencer now asking us to loan her clothes so mm-hmm. she could generate content on her site. Mm-hmm. Now she gets paid tens of thousands of dollars to wear stuff. Yeah. So knowing that and kind of seeing all of that progress, I'm always asking myself, what's going to be the next thing? Is it this like daughters of movement that's happening? Like, what's what's daughters of? Daughters school of school us, school us, girl. Daughters of is one of my favorite, like trendy. like what like Kaya Gerber or something. Yeah, like the daughter, oh yeah, daughters, daughters of famous of, people. Yeah, Amelia yeah. Gray and well Delilah yeah Yolanda Cameron. Foster and exactly like yeah Gigi and Bella yeah are daughters of you know so and the gen- I mean uh, yeah. Chris all her daughters exactly all of Chris's daughters yeah. <laughs> this um, momager yeah exactly thing. You know, so that that is kind of the next thing that's up and coming. Micro influencers are becoming a thing. So it's just, it's all very cyclical, and it comes to this point, and then it kind of fades away, and then it'll. So it's tough because it will reach a fever pitch. I know it will because that's just how this industry and just like how pop culture kind of works. Um, but I don't think that stylists are ever going to go away and I don't think that influencers are ever going to go away and neither of them will become obsolete. I don't think that at all. I think just the way that we interact with them is going to change. You know, I don't think that influencers will always remain at the height of of popularity because it's happening now. Consumers are, are wising up. They're noticing that 
it's not just a fashion influencer wearing clothes in her closet that she just so happens to have. She just so happens to have, right. Everyone's yeah. super um, hip to it. So yeah. let me ask you this too, because I'm a, I'm notoriously, I'm an investment shopper. So I kind of, you know, give Zara and H&M and all of that like a bad name because I just don't, I know that after three, four wears, mm-hmm. maybe that t-shirt might end up in the landfill or the mm-hmm. ocean or whatever. You know, that's just me. I just know the, the life cycle of, of clothes. Mm-hmm. And so um, right now I feel like there's a time where it's like, obviously the high, low style, wearing something cheap and wearing something really expensive is a thing. Um, but from your point of view, um, this fast fashion is that going and then now there's conscious fashion too so everyone's trying to be really transparent like Everlane mm-hmm. um, you know they're the cleanest denim factory and Reformation as mm-hmm. well where it's mm-hmm. like it's kind of cheap but kind of not but also really environmentally you know responsible mm-hmm. um, is luxury in trouble because I, I hear a lot um, just in the very even a younger generation than yourself saying that they don't they they don't care about expensive clothes and they don't care about luxury you know they you know fashion nova for instance is so so huge and mm-hmm. like i i i just would never purchase fashion nova you yeah. know what i mean yeah. so it's just is there a lane for both is there space for both or is luxury kind of taking a hit because rodeo there's a lot of retail apocalypse happening on Rodeo Drive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of empty storefronts. Mm-hmm. Hugo Boss closed in January yep. and they've been there open for 25 years. Yep. So um, is it taking just a dent or a hit or is it like in trouble? Um, I think, again, it it's not going to go away. You know, there's always that nostalgia, that magic having to do with luxury fashion and mm-hmm. that attain unattainability in and of itself is kind of attractive something to look up to something to aspire to you know um and I think it's it's definitely taking a hit and I believe that those companies that you're seeing having to shutter and having to close their brick and mortar stores are not adapting and don't have the right people on their teams helping them adapt to this changing retail environment and see that's what i was thinking too i was like i mean business as usual like toys r us or jc penny it's just not gonna work and are people just not changing is it just like stubborn yeah the people at the top aren't don't want to pivot their business and because you look at a young brand like i was just reading this morning Parenza Schooler just bought back their entire company. Mm-hmm. So they had sold it because they, you know, they needed the support. Mm-hmm. And just this morning, they bought it all back, which yeah. was a pretty, pretty, you know, shocking thing. Because you They pulled normally... a Chipotle and McDonald's. Remember McDonald's? Yeah. Like, yeah. owned Chipotle. Chipotle they were blew like, nah, up. Chipotle yeah. was like, we're going to buy yeah, yeah. We're going to buy our company back. Yeah. Not to uh, compare luxury fashion to, with you know, Chipotle. with Chipotle. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's Basically, they Chipotle it's... them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's um, that's amazing. I love those two guys. They're, mm-hmm. they're so mm-hmm. talented. Um, and they're young. I mean, they're young designers. They were part of the CFTA Fashion Fund, and I'm sure they have a for lack of a better term, a very hip team that is advising them and moving them in the right direction. Or they themselves, you know, obviously I'm sure are very involved in the brand, but you know, that's how you see these luxury brands navigating this kind of dangerous time for them. 
competing with this fast fashion. Yeah, I remember um, um, a long time ago when I was working in a department store and um, we had a little corner for Robert Rodriguez and I had met him and he was lovely, um, beautiful stuff, mm-hmm. and like an American designer, it was just all good, like a, like Marc Jacobs, but his stuff was really feminine. And then whoever his like backer was, like... It was like he was doing well, and then he gets approached, and then the investors, and then the investors have these outrageous expectations, and then when he didn't meet them, they kind of like shut his business down. Mm -hmm. They just were like, they had so many other brands that were like, cut cut Robert Rodriguez. He was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, so sometimes, you know, having someone back you sort of when you could have stayed kind of scrappy and Mm -hmm. um, grassroots Mm -hmm. and, you know, and small. You lose Uh, your identity a little bit. Yeah, your whole business could get shut down just because it's, it's, they aren't that invested technically. Mm -hmm. Um, So what should we be doing uh, if you, if you had someone and you wanted to advise them and they had a pretty good brand and pretty good message, they kind of had like a clear vision, would you say, you know, hey, do pop-ups or try to get your brand on a celebrity or reach out to some influencers? Like, um, I listened to, you know, that loud guy, Gary Vee, and he was always like, all day you should be emailing influencers and trying to get your brand in their, in their hands. Just, just spend your day contacting influencers until you get someone to respond and support. You know what I mean? So like people are, I think, confused as to where their energy and their dollars should go when Mm -hmm. they're not big, like new era, you know, Hudson jeans, you know, these big companies, you're not really trying to compete in their space because we're living in a direct to consumer time. Mm So, I think having really great content is really important so that no matter who you're communicating to, you're communicating in a strategic way, in a cohesive way, meaning like, do you have the proper assets? You know, like, I'm just saying if you have like a handbag line, for example, Mm -hmm. do you have really beautiful lifestyle shots of someone carrying your bag? Do you have high-res flat images of your bag on just like a white background and all this sounds kind of menial but that is the one thing that we say to our clients from the jump what kind of assets do you have do you have images do you have this do you have that because anyone that you will be communicating with will ask for that whether it's pr influencers stylists press whoever will be asking for that so i think that that is you know if you have your brand message if you have the budget you have all that stuff in order the next place to go is just making sure you have those visual assets and they're very compelling and you know your audience that you're trying to go after is really going to like those branding like that is really important um and just making sure that you're carrying that message through um after that i think hiring if you have the budget hiring an agency that does kind of this 360 programming like Walker Droz does is a really good step and I mean not to like toot our horns but that's why no. I worked for that company for so long and, and why it's so effective and why they were in Forbes and all of this really great stuff is because that works because when you work with an agency like that you're hitting we're doing all of that for you you're hitting the press you're hitting the influencers you're hitting the stylists the celebrities themselves, all of that good stuff is all in, you know, under one roof, so to speak. Okay. Um, and can you just tell us like 
Okay, people understand clicks, people understand hits, people understand likes. How, what are impressions? What does that really mean? Like, our impressions are, mm. etc. Explain why that's important. It depends who's saying it. Um, so, for like a social media influencer, a social media impression is how many how many eyeballs are on your post. So, it is how many eyeballs. Yeah, and okay. I guess now that I'm talking through it, I guess out loud, that's generally what it means. Because even in a publication, digital or print, um, print mostly... They usually say circulation. Mm-hmm. So, like, how many? But in a digital go out. way, it's in a digital way, it's, it's eyeballs. It's how many eyeballs are on your page. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, um, I have like one more question about content. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these um, Instagram pages of people get paid to influence or what have you mm-hmm. um are all so beautiful they're all so polished you have your tea perfectly next to your you know gold rings next to fresh flowers mm-hmm. on top of coffee table books mm-hmm. you know it's just like so very per- curated very curated and edited um but then you also have some who's really authentic like a cardi b or like mm-hmm. an amanda seals and do, do you see that as like um, that super super polished Instagram kind of going away, like it kind of it kind of almost looks fake sometimes when mm-hmm. someone likes my page and then I go to their page and it's just there are no flaws. Yeah. It, it's almost I feel like it's like a, a a robot. Yeah. Well, and very often these big influencers have there's software that exists, not software, um, but just planning websites and, mm-hmm. and programs that exist that can visually map out your page and like you you feed a bunch of photos into it and it'll spit out the um like the order that you should post the photos in to make them look cohesive on your whole feed i mean it gets it gets very granular i think what instagram has turned into has paved the way for those types of very curated social media um, Instagram pages you know Instagram used to just be hey I'm doing this let me take a picture hey I'm doing this let me take a picture it's supposed to be instant it's what you're doing Mm. at that time it's why it's called Instagram and now it's turned into an e-commerce platform you know a lot of these people and these influencers especially if they have their own um retail themselves it's like their own online boutique and you could buy yeah you could put stuff in the basket you could buy there's a there's a cart now um so i don't i don't think that those it i don't think that those um types of pages will necessarily go away it's just you as the viewer and as the follower just have to if you would like differentiate between the two it's like i'm following cardi b because i know it's her probably her talking and posting and doing (laughs) all this stuff and then I'm um and then I'm following uh sincerely Jules she's one of my favorites Mm -hmm. yeah but she has yeah she's great (laughs) I've followed her for so long she's the best um her song of style uh, milk and honey or honey and silk excuse me yeah a lot of them yeah I love those girls and those are the more curated ones that you're looking at and you know saying to yourself like oh you know maybe in the back of your head you're like this isn't real like sure maybe their house really looks like this or whatnot but they're showing me what's the best of it exactly okay so the highlights will stick around because i'm like i've tried to curate 
my Instagram to be a little bit more. I mean, I was a photographer and mm. stuff like that, and and so much goes into making one pretty picture, another pretty yeah. picture, so many takes, and you edit it mm-hmm. down as one. It's for a regular person, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely. So then you're like, well, maybe the influencer should be getting 16k and up, you know, per post because of what they put into exactly um, editing their page. Yeah. And they have the eyeballs. They have the impressions. They have the followers. So. And it's their job. It's their job. It's exactly. Literally, literally their job. I know. My mom laughs at this. She's like, that's not a damn job. And I'm like, Ma, it's not, you know. I mean, it's a huge industry. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, they said it's like a, a, like a billion dollars mm-hmm. now, yeah. valuation. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Learn so much. I like teaching the audiences about what's really real. Yeah. And what's really not real and keeping it real. Because yep. <laughs> everyone wants to start a brand. Everyone yeah. wants a fashion line. Yeah. Everyone wants a lifestyle brand mm-hmm. i'm gonna be the next goop yeah and you know it's it's so much more to it there is yeah and i, and I would say that it's wonderful and and we live in a world where people can do that kind of thing and launch their own brand or lifestyle site or whatever that might be but it you just have to be really clear on what makes you different what because that's another thing we always ask our clients what news are you trying like What's new about what you're doing? You know, there are hundreds of fashion brands. Why are you different? Mm-hmm. What is that message? So I think as long as you can clearly define what that is, you can be successful and just really like adhere to that. Cool. Well, I don't know. I'm ready to start. I'm going to start my line. <laughs> <laughs> the next you. fashion in next one. right here. Yes. Um, congrats on everything. We'll Thank miss you. you in LA. Thank you. All right. Until next time, as I always say on You Have to Wear Something, peace.